Happy Friday and welcome back to Female Founder World. It's the host of the show, Jasmine Garnsworthy here. And today I've got the co-founder of Nori Press, Annabelle Love, joining me on the show. You are now entering Female Founder World with your host, Jasmine Garnsworthy. Annabelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. For folks who aren't familiar with Nori Press, what are you building over there? Nori is a clothing care company built for this next generation. And our premier product is the Nori Press, which is a handheld steam iron that requires no clunky ironing board or leaky steamer. And it allows you to remove wrinkles from your clothing just super easily. And at Nori, we invest a lot of time and effort in creating these innovative products that can really transform your closet and allowing you to put your best foot forward. Great. I love that. And great for travel as well. I just yes. got myself one and I'm using it. It like lives in my, I've got this little mini wardrobe in my office and it lives here. So it's like the one that I use just before I like put something on. We love to hear that. Yeah. With summer travel, it's been definitely a big hit mm -hmm. for everyone, which has been yeah, fun. Awesome. Awesome. So when you were first starting the business, I know that you raised, uh, we spoke before the show, you raised about $300,000 in order to develop this product and you have mm -hmm you know, this isn't a, this is an electronic item. This isn't something that you can just kind of whip up from some manufacturer on Alibaba or something. So that is intensive, but I am curious about what's involved with raisings on an idea. I, I hear people doing that maybe in more the software space, but I don't understand how that works in consumer and what were some of the things that you had to do to convince investors to invest in this? In the very beginning, we kind of thought, like, how do we de-risk this idea and how do we make this entrepreneurial jump less scary? So Courtney, my co-founder, was the first to quit her full-time job. And she began working full-time at Noreen. She raised a small amount of capital to really help begin us with that product development journey and get us to that working prototype. Mm -hmm. But in order to raise kind of that 300000 we had to, exactly what you were saying, present this idea to investors. And kind of how we sold it to people is that we just sat down with a ton of people beforehand. And we really quickly received validation that we weren't the only ones facing this problem. Yeah. And it turns out that this is a consumer pain point that not only Courtney and I were facing on a regular basis, but a ton of other people were. So it was just removing wrinkles was a lot harder than it needed to be. So we heard, we sat down with other people and we heard all these crazy stories. Someone was putting their shirt underneath a mattress. And I was like, <laughs> oh God, if we're removing wrinkles by lifting up a massive mattress, like there's got to be a better way. So we really presented this vision to investors and in saying that we aren't the only one facing this uh, pain point. And there's a lot of people that are facing this. And it's also the iron and steaming industry is a market that really hasn't seen much innovation since the creation of the steamer in the 1980s. So we also were like, we're introducing not only a new form factor to the market, but we're also introducing a brand new branded experience at the iron and steaming market. When you think about when you probably got your last iron and steamer, it wasn't a sexy buy. You weren't. No, it, it was an Amazon right? purchase. Yes, it was Amazon. <laughs> we love Amazon, but it was an Amazon purchase or, or a big Bed Bath & Beyond from Big Box mm -hmm. Retailer. And we wanted to change really just the inception of what people thought of as ironing and making it not only this dreaded tour, but a really exciting, new, branded, sexy, fun experience. Yeah, I, um, I've been doing, this is such a random deviation, but I've been doing no, these. love it these TikTok videos on Sundays where, you know, a lot of people do their food prep for the week. I do like my wardrobe yes. prep where I pull out yes. what I want to wear. I'll style it yeah. together and I'll hang it in my little display wardrobe in my office and pair it with some shoes and I'll steam it. 
And oh, yeah. I'll, and I, I video myself doing that and people love it. You know, it's just yeah. like that organization porn. And I show myself using the Nori and people are oh. like, what is that? How do okay. you use it? Like, I've never heard of this. And I just think there's definitely a girl out there who is a fashion lover, a clothes lover, yeah. who has a different... I don't know, has a different feeling around her clothes and ironing and caring totally. for them that a product like this resonates with and that who to whom brand is really important. And I'm definitely that girl. <laughs> I'm that we, girl. we love to hear that you are a perfect target audience. I am. I am. I'm literally like show, making TikTok videos of me ironing. Yeah. It's, and it's um, so <laughs> pleasing to you. Like when you see the wrinkles go away, you're like, ah, oh. you're like, now I can relax. Yes. I can move on to next week. Like it's so soothing too. It is. It's like the rest of my life might be a shit show, but you should see like five <laughs> things that I've pulled out to wear this yeah. week that are beautifully ironed. Yeah. You know what? Everything is pressed. We're ready for the ready yeah. for the week. And it doesn't matter what the hell is going on because you're looking good and you're ready to rumble. Totally. And you know, like I'm a, I'm not doing food prep. I'm a, my husband cooks or it's yeah. a, a seamless order kind of thing or we go out. Yes. But I will prepare my wardrobe. Anyway, st- I, 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 I digress. I want to talk no, about don't. getting this into the world and how you market a product like this. I was doing a little Googling and I'm seeing a lot of press and review sites. I think that probably just explaining the efficacy and how it works is probably super important. What were some of the things that you thought about and prioritized and what kind of worked as you've been building the brand and getting your first customers? From the very beginning, we knew that we wanted to build a product and brand kind of for this like new modern consumer, right? Mm -hmm. So from the very beginning, we've taken this consumer first approach and I think in the beginning, which was so interesting, people kind of similar to what you were just saying, were really fascinated in this new approach of ironing because it's a really demonstrative product. So when you see it in action, you're like, oh my gosh, it works. And this is so exciting. And so from the very beginning, we utilized definitely TikTok as a platform to really show how the product is using and use. And we were able to see a positive response from that because people were just so fascinated by it. Mm. Um, So from the beginning, we had a few TikToks go viral, which was really exciting. And then we were definitely fortunate to receive really some great press. And that helped really just get the word out and tell people about this new product and new company. So really fortunate about that. And then we also leveraged influencer collaborations. They have such a sway over customer purchasing decisions. So finding influencers that are aligned with our target audience was really helpful for us. Partnerships have also been a huge success for us. So anything that we can do to really just get the word out there where we're aligning with our target audience has been super successful for us. Awesome. Talk to me about partnerships. What kind of things are you doing? Is that that partnerships with other brands? Are you doing giveaways? What are you doing? And is that to build your email list, social following? Is it directly triggering conversions? How do you think about that? They've been hugely successful for us. So we've partnered with people in the context of giveaways, uh, Mm -hmm. events. We've done it on social. Most recently, we launched our first co-branded product with the Something Navy team. And that was exciting because we created the Navy Nori Press. And then they had amazing customizations that we added to the device to make it really feel like a branded experience. And that was great. We had two batches of inventory there. And the first sold out in less than three weeks. And then the second sold out in like less than a month, which is great. We did an event and a giveaway with them. We were in their Bleecker Street store as well. But it all felt very purposeful, Mm -hmm. which is how we like to structure all of our partnerships. So we were fortunate that we were able to partner with them. But partnerships in general, we found, have just been so great because you get to introduce your products and your brand to a whole new community. 
and bring this new value offer to two separate target audiences that are really fired up about your product. I'm a big partnerships gal. I'm not someone who has that like growth marketing paid brain. I'm very much better at brand and partnerships. And that's the way that I think. And obviously you need both of those things. But I think early on when you don't have a huge budget, the partnerships piece can be really powerful. And I just wanted to flag something else just for folks who are listening. We have a partnerships concierge service where you can basically apply to join our partnership program. You can see other brands that have either samples that they can swap. They're doing gift with purchase programs and you can apply to to join with them. And they're all female founded brands who live by oh, our values, amazing. have the right aesthetics that we love, all of that. So if folks are interested, they can go to the femalefounderworld.com website and there's a link there to participate. Little plug, Very let's cool. continue. Um, no, I love it. It's awesome. I had not actually an idea for you with for someone that you should partner Ooh, yeah. with. And do you know the platform in the UK called Buy Rotation? I think I've heard of them, but would love to hear more about that. Yes. I'm going to intro I'm going to introduce you. The founder is coming on the show and I met her when I was just in London and they are basically like rent the runway, but a peer to peer version. So you can rent other people's wardrobes, which I love. Yeah. I love that. The edit is beautiful. It's all the stuff that you actually want to wear and they're doing a big launch in the, in the U S so they're launching in New York in the next couple of months. So I feel like you. Wow. Oh my gosh. We would love it. That'd be awesome. That would be a great fit. Yeah. That'd be fabulous. Okay, actually back to the podcast now and I'll ask questions that other <laughs> we can people are interested in. <laughs> we love it. We can chat for hours. <laughs> totally. Since you raised that first $300,000, you've gone on to raise a total of, I think it's $2.2 million. Where, When did you raise that money? How were you deploying it? When we first, we had this idea, I don't know if I talked about this, but we had this idea in an entrepreneurship class when we were both seniors at Lee Forest. Courtney and I were actually sophomore year roommates, so she mm-hmm. hasn't gotten sick of me yet. Oh, Not yeah, that's but... a long time. <laughs> no, she's fabulous. But anyways, post-graduation, we actually both took full-time jobs. And before we left our jobs, Courtney closed 300000 in capital to really begin the product development journey and help us get to that working prototype. And then from there, we were then able to use that working prototype to help raise kind of more money to cover pre-launch expenses, such as building out our marketing stack, uh, paid paid social and digital ads have been a largely profitable channel for us. So that's been great. And then creating our website, our packaging, Mm -hmm. inventory, manufacturing costs. Hardware is an industry that requires a lot of, it's pretty capital intensive. There's tooling costs, there's manufacturing costs. I won't bore you with the details, but it's a pretty capital intensive uh, kind of industry to go into. But we raised then about a million or so from largely angel investors and family offices. And then since then we've raised about another million. So in total, we've raised about 2.2 million And a lot of this, um, which is great, we've been able to keep a lean team. So there's Courtney and I full-time. It's just the two of us full-time. And then we have about 30 agency partners. But we've Mm -hmm. been able to keep our personal expenses low. And so a majority of the capital, I would say, goes a lot towards inventory and then a lot towards our marketing expenses, which is, um, I would say, those two are the biggest ones. When did you both start paying yourself as founders? This is something that I ask yeah. a lot of folks who are in yeah. our ecosystem because it's not something that a lot of people talk about. Some brands yeah. are able to draw down and take something from the business right away, but a lot, it's a year or I speak to them and like, oh, I still don't take any money. Like I yeah. consult on the side, you know, where are you yeah. guys in that? 
we've worked for Nori since we graduated. So about 2018, we would go to this, this Times Square we work. It was the middle of Times Square, not glamorous at all, but we would go there every day after work and to really strategize about Nori. And so we've been working on it on the side for quite some time. And then Courtney quit her job in September 2019. And that's when we began to take a salary. So when we began to work for the company full time, I then joined her about six months later, but it was and I joined her in April 2020, which is kind of right in the middle of the pandemic. Mm. So we definitely took salary cuts, but we paid ourselves a little bit because we believed that this was our new job and we really yeah. needed to put everything that we had in order to strategize and just really accelerate Nori's growth. So we definitely took some salary cuts, but we were really happy to put that back into the business. When you were kind of working on this on the side and made that decision for one and then both of the co-founders to move into this as their full-time, what were some of the metrics or milestones that you were hitting? What needed to be done that made you think this needed to be a full-time gig? Help me understand that thinking because I think there are a lot of people listening who their business is still a side hustle. And yeah. I want to understand really like what, what that thought process is like, because totally. you've just done it, you know, I think it's yeah. also great to have someone who's like maybe fresh. Yeah. Yeah. No, happy, happy to help. So basically the biggest thing for us is that we needed a working prototype because we had this idea, mm. but our original prototype was a hair straightener with 3d printed like blocks basically. And it didn't yeah. really work. So we had this like very loosely idea but what we really felt strongly about is that we needed this working prototype and once we received that working prototype and we tested it Courtney and I have just both from the very beginning been super passionate about it so we were like okay we have this working prototype we either need to put everything that we like have into it and make it a really big huge maybe hopefully success or we continue working on our jobs on the side but For me, it was hard because I had this passion of Nori and I really wanted to do it. I just, I couldn't give it my all when I was also in my job. But I think that there's also a way to do it in which both Courtney and I worked like um, for a year or more than a year um, on the side. So there is a way to be strategic about it. Um, And it just, when it feels right and when it makes the most sense for your journey. But for us, it was really getting that working prototype. And then from there, we were like, okay, it's go time. It's time to really take this seriously. And if we want to create this great business, and now's the time to do it. I don't want to get too into the nitty gritty of product development, that kind of thing, but we don't have a lot of people on the show who maybe have yeah. a hardware product. So I am curious about how totally. you find a supplier for this kind of thing, how you, I don't know, you're inventing something that didn't exist before. We've, we've spoken with someone who has a beauty tool, but it wasn't an electronic tool. And she 3D printed a prototype at home, basically. And that's, she yeah. sent that off to manufacturers in China. And that's how she's got started. How did you do this? You, you mentioned the hair straightener idea, which I just, yes. it's so smart. It, like that makes <laughs> sense, right? <laughs> it was a journey. And what's really interesting is that within the hardware space, about 70% of the founders are male. So it's definitely like a male dominated industry. Courtney and I also had no experience in hardware. We just didn't have any experience, but we really used that nativity to our advantage. We asked every single question in the book. We ended up asking our engineer, we were like, okay, so why has, why is it created like this? And he's like, well, that's how it's always been done. And we were like, Mm -hmm. well, exactly. We don't want to make it like everything else on the market. We want to introduce a brand new product, but taking a few steps back, basically the way that we did it is that we interviewed about over like 20 design engineering firms and we created a pros and cons list and we ended up with a fantastic, um, we ended up recruiting an engineer that's worked with Conair, Rennington and Cuisinart 
And what's nice is that he is in upstate Connecticut. So we're both based in New York City. So we were able to go and see him a lot, which was really helpful throughout the journey. And he really helped us just take this idea and this vision and really translate it to a tangible product. So we're really grateful for him because we uh, we knew that we needed to get other help within that area just because we didn't have experience in it. But it's not a bad thing. And I hope that it also serves as an inspiration for anyone else that's looking to create a hardware product. It really just takes the time of looking through design engineering firms, seeing what they've created in the past and if that's aligned with the product that you want to create. And then having them really help you throughout the manufacturing process has also been helpful for us as well. So those design engineering partners are also helping you source the manufacturer as well? Yeah. So we ended up having a design engineering firm that also had an office or factories in Dongguan, um, but they have uh, factories over there in China. So it's been really easy. He's kind of served as the liaison between us and the factory. You mentioned first the design engineering firm, but also that you've had 30 agency partners that you're working with. What does that landscape look like? First of all, are you working? Yeah. I'm guessing you've got like a, someone doing paid, maybe someone helping with content, PR. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then also, if you can shout out anyone that you think is awesome, please give them a shout out because we love okay. recommendations on the show. Fantastic. So I was kind of tasked with creating our supply chain from scratch. So that made one of our biggest um, kind of, we weren't sure where to begin was warehousing because we needed mm-hmm. a 3PL that could help us store our product and then ship it out to others. And Geneva Supply, in the midst of all supply chain woes, they are fantastic. So they're a warehouse. They're wonderful. And then within our uh, marketing stack, we have email marketing. And we're now using Commerce 12, which has been fantastic. We have an SEO expert who is a freelancer. His name is George Grant. He's been great in really helping us with our organic rankings. And then we have uh, a fantastic PR person. Her name is Gabby. She, we didn't go the uh, agency route. We instead kind of went with this amazing, she's an amazing freelancer and she works at Aritzia. So she kind of took us on as a passion project and she has been absolutely fantastic. And then paid search and paid social has also been a really big profitable channel for us. And we've been able to test a lot of different UGC content, allowing us to see kind of like what performs the best. And then we have some great content creators And so it takes a whole army. It's a whole, a lot of people that go into this to really help us bring uh, Nori to the market and be successful and everything. Paid is such a difficult one. I've heard not a lot of people who are loving their their agency who's doing paid. So that's great. Like if you you want to shout them out, do no pressure. Yeah, Um, but we um, Snow Agency. Snow Agency. Okay, awesome. Great. Okay. We always get people saying, hey, who's the... Who's the recommended person for yeah. paid? Because it just totally. feels like a landscape where everyone's an expert and everyone's, you know, delivering yes. apparently, but then you actually work with them and it's not happening. Yeah. Oh awesome. my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love yeah. to end the show by just asking everyone who comes on for a recommendation. So that could be a yeah. book, a podcast, something that's helped you as you've been up-leveling as a founder. I get a lot of inspiration. I'm inspired by so many other founders. So mm-hmm. podcasts like your own, how I built this podcast. I love just watching YouTube videos with different founders and hearing different podcasts from different founders because I love hearing other people's journey and story and how they kind of got to where they are. And it's just an easy kind of listen to it on the subway or in your Uber or on your way to work or something. So 
I love any of those podcasts. Amazing. Annabelle, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing all of what you guys are doing at Nori Press. It's great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it.